The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. What's up, everybody? Bill told me to record this FF6 Club, uh, and I have to do it real fast because I don't have a lot of time. Go! Go, 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 go! That's right. It's another frosty solo mission here, but let's dis- <laughs> let's dispense. With- I can't even say it. Let's dispense with the pleasantries and get to the club. All right, everyone, quiet down. All right. We're here today to bring to order the next session of Jay's RPG Club. All in favor? Now, no time to vote. Let's go. Then let the RPG Club commence. All right. We are picking up where we left off. Locke had just escaped South Figaro with Celis and was heading back to Narsh. We're left with a solitary Moogle in the darkness and asked to select a new scenario. So, which one should I pick? Well, uh, traditionally, I leave Savin's for last because it's the longest. So let's jump into Terra's scenario, shall we? So you're left on the raft with Terra, Bannon, and Edgar. Uh, and you complete a series of <laughs> random battles on the raft until you land near Narsh and you walk to Narsh. This concludes Terra's scenario. All right, on to Savin's. So Savin washes ashore. Um a little bit north of Doma. Uh, and I believe you land by the the crazy man's house, right? So you land by the crazy man's house. And there you meet Shadow, right? So Shadow's waiting there. And <clears throat> uh, this is where the first, I think this is the first time, uh, yes, that Shadow can join your party. And so you join up with him and you, get, you decide to adventure together to try to make your way back to Narsh. So... Uh, if you want, you can go in, you can purchase items from the traveling uh, merchant here. Otherwise, uh, you can visit the crazy man's house. Um, but then eventually you're going to have to head towards Doma Castle and the Imperial Camp, uh, which are currently serve as a sort of a blockade for you to get any further south. After you sneak into the Imperial Camp, there's a period of going back and forth where Savin is overhearing uh, Imperial conversations and cutaways to Doma Castle. The Imperials invade Doma Castle, but are beaten back by Cyan, the protector of the kingdom of Doma, uh, who is some sort of, I guess he's a samurai, or I don't know. Um, and so you take the role, you take on the role of Cyan here, and you fight off the Imperials as well as their commander, and they run away, and you are left victorious in Doma Castle, and then you cut back to the Imperial camp. Um, after their defeat, Kefka decides that this is taking too long 
and that a better way to get uh, to take uh, over Doma Castle would be to just poison everyone. And so he decides that he's going to poison the river. But first, he has to get rid of General Leo, who is an honorable soldier and believes in deciding things on the battlefield rather than with treachery. So anyway, he fakes a note from the, the emperor so that General Leo has to go back to the imperial capital. And so now Kefka is left in charge. And as soon as he's gone, he poisons the river that flows downstream towards Doma Castle. And you can see it turns a, a bright purple. Uh, and pretty soon after that, we cut to Doma Castle where people begin dying, falling off the ramparts. You take the role of Cyan, who apparently doesn't have to drink, so that's fine. Uh, and uh, you run around the castle trying to figure out uh, who's alive and who's dead. And basically every, everyone is dead at this point. Um, the king is dead. Your wife is dead. Your son is dead. Yeah, your son is dead. Um, this is a really sad part. Um, so anyway, uh, after Cyan realizes that there's nothing left, um, he abandons the castle. And he heads directly for the Imperial camp where he decides he's going to single-handedly kill every single one of the Imperials. And so uh, this is where uh, he shows up. Meanwhile, uh, Sabin and, Cy no, Sabin and uh, Shadow are trying to sneak through the camp so they can get south. And they run into Cyan and they decide to join forces to attack the Imperials. And so this is where Cyan joins your party. So now you're a party of Cyan, Sabin, and Shadow. You chase down Kifka as best as you can, but you never really get a hold of him. Um, you end up stealing some Magitek armor in order to blast your way through the camp. And you end up on the other side where you are able to walk into a forest. The music here in the quote, this is called the Phantom Forest, which you don't know yet, but the music here is unbelievably great. I love this music. It's some of the best music in the entire game. Um, and so you walk through the Phantom Forest and you head your way towards, uh, as you're going by, you come across some, some train tracks and you sort of hop on board to, uh, <laughs> to say, hello, is there anyone around? Is this train in service? And then you realize that this is the ghost train or phantom train that will ferry the dead from this, you know, mortal plane to the other side. And so you're thinking, oh, we got to get off this thing. Um, but uh, you can't. <laughs> so um, I don't know why they don't just jump off the train, but they decide they they can't jump off the train. They need to stop the train before they can get off. Okay. So you work your way all the way down the Phantom Train. There's a couple of uh, switch puzzles you have to solve uh, and things like that. And I think you run, do you run into, uh, you don't run into Gilgamesh, but you run into the other guy. What's his name? Oh, shoot. Uh, Siegfried, the, fa you know, the, fake, the fake Siegfried, I think, though. Um, anyway, you do a couple of puzzles. There's a nice little scene where you can sit down and get a meal <laughs> on the Phantom Train, which if I know anything about the Land of the Dead, never eat their food. That's pretty consistent in every bit of mythology I've ever read. Okay. Um, anyway, but when you get to the front of the train, there's no conductor, and it turns out that's because the train is itself a ghost. And so the only way to stop the train is to pull certain switches in a certain order and then fight the Phantom Train. And this is where we all... Uh, you know, suplex the train, defeat it. 
Uh, this one, this battle's usually kind of tough just because I think there's a chance that the Phantom Train uses like a um, a spell that does like a whole bunch of status effects. So it's it's kind of hit and miss whether or not this is a tough battle for people. Um, but overall, I mean, this whole Phantom Train sequence is great. Um, great music for, through the whole time. Great animation, great sprites. It's just and then just to cap it all off with a giant suplex of a, of the train is is just wonderful. So. Um, after you defeat the phantom train, it says, okay, fine, you could get off. And so it, it, but at first I must finish my duty. And so it, uh, it, it ferries the, uh, the, the dead, uh, to the under or the underworld or the next life or wherever they're going. Um, and then it lets you to get off. And, and you could see that after it lets you off, um, uh, Cyan sees his wife and his son on the train and they say, you know, Papa, we're going now, and, and his wife's like, "Don't be afraid, honey. This is the way. You know, this is this is was meant for us, or something like that." And so you do have one more super sad scene where Cyan has to wave goodbye to his ghostly family as they ride off in, in into the next world. So uh, once you get to the other side, uh, you decide that the only way to proceed forward is to. Um, Basically, go down Baron. Bar, is it Baron Falls? Baron Falls in, uh, yeah, Baron Falls in a uh, in a barrel, basically. So you can reach the town of Moblitz and then take a boat uh, to Narsh. Um, Shadow doesn't really particularly fond of this idea, and so he says peace out. And so Shadow leaves your party, which leaves you and uh, you, right, Savin and Cyan, to jump off the falls. On the way down, you encounter a boss fight with some angry fish, uh, and then you land in what is known as the Velt. When you land, um, you sort of wash up on shore, which is something Sabin seems to do quite a bit these days. Um, you're sort of stumbled upon by a sort of a very um, a child who looks like he was you know, raised in the wild. He's shirtless. He's got uh, really crazy green hair. Uh, he doesn't really he talk he doesn't really talk with any sort of um, distinction or anything. I don't know what, I don't know how to say it. He is, but um, it turns out this is Gao, and Gao kind of stumbles upon you. But as you wake up, he runs away. Okay, so you head for the town of Moblitz, and you find out that the uh, the boats aren't running, and so the only option you have is to take the serpent trench um, from. Let's see. From Moblitz to Nikia, I think it's Nikia or Nikia. And then once you get to Nikia, then you could take a ferry. It's I guess Nikia is like a merchant town. So then you could take a ferry bound for South Figaro, at which point you could then go to Narsh. All right. So in order to do this, though, you have to cross what's called the Serpent Trench, which is basically like a super rapidy part of the ocean. Um, and so you really, you need a way to breathe underwater. Anyway, you hear some rumors that there was this uh, strange underwater breathing device. I don't even know what the, I, I played this game so many times that I just do the steps step by step. I don't really talk to people anymore, uh, but I believe, uh, and maybe uh, someone can correct me after they listen to this, but I believe you, uh, you end up hearing of rumors of a, of a, a breathing apparatus or something like that. And you also hear rumors of the child who lives in the veldt. And what you need to do is purchase, uh, you know, dried meat or something like that, that you could feed this child when he shows up. And so Gal will show up at the end of one of your fights in the veldt. 
you give him food, he decides to stay, and then you have a little bit of a conversation with him. And if he likes the way you talk to him, then uh, he will join your party. Now, Gao is a, a lot different than most any other character I've ever had in any RPG. Uh, he learns um, rages. And the way he learns a rage is that he will, um, at, if you, and this can only be done on the Velt, because he was raised on the Velt, apparently, by wild animals. If you're on the Velt uh, and you get into a fight, you can have Gao jump onto the enemies and basically follow them around and learn their ways. And so after that, he'll leave the party. He'll go with the uh, with the monsters after a certain number of fights, which I don't know what the formula is for how long it takes for him to come back. But after a certain number of fights, he'll come back to the party and he'll have a new rage based on the monsters that he encountered when he when he left the party. So if you're fighting um, an angloform or something like that, and he jumps on the angloform, he'll come back. And I think angloform has the uh, lightning attack or whatever. It's, I forgot what exactly what it's called, but it's super useful, right? Um, the only downside of rage is that it is just that. It is a rage, and he will... Once you select rage for him, he will be uncontrollable by you during the battle. So you have control over him in that before the battle starts, but as soon as you select a rage for him to use in combat, he will perform um, a list. He'll basically pick from a list of available commands for that monster that uh, that he followed around and, and learned how to use. So um, here you could pick up a couple of interesting ones. I will get to those. I think Jay had them in his feedback, which are like the most useful rages at this point, but I'll, I'll get to those when I get to feedback a little bit later. Um, so I, I usually spend, I don't know, like 15 minutes picking up a couple, hoping I get lucky with like stray cat and stuff like that. But, um, after that, he tells you that, uh, there's a shiny thing down in the, uh, down in the mountains. And so you head down to the, the mountains on the Southern part of the Velt. And there you find a, <laughs> what appears to be a single <laughs> diver's helmet. Now I, there's three of you and one diver's helmet. I don't know how this works. Maybe it's just they only, um, maybe there's a whole set and it's just they only animated one. But uh, everyone <laughs> shares this one diver's helmet and they jump into the Serpent Trench. And as you fly through the Serpent Trench, it's basically like a um, underwater, uh, uh, what's the thing I'm talking about? Um, like a Gulf Stream. So you're sort of swooshing along and you'll get into underwater combat here. Um, there's, I assume, uh, you know, there's no penalty for being underwater here. No one's going to drown because of the single diver helmet, apparently. Uh, you fight your way through there. There's a couple places where you could choose to go left or right. I'm not exact. I think there's maybe different treasures you could pick, or there's certainly different combat formations that you fight on the way. But I think there's a save point at one point. And then when you get to the other side of the Serpent Trench, you end up washing up <laughs> again um, outside the city of Nikia. And it's there that you can finally board your ferry to South Vigoro so that you can walk to Narsh. And at this point, all of our compatriots have reunited, even with some new fellows, at the city of Narsh. And they are about to go and talk to the uh, the mayor. I think his name's oh, there's the mayor's name. And then there's Arvis. Arvis was like the original person who Terra found. So, uh, or who found Terra. So uh, you finally get there. And now the Battle of Narsh may commence. So this scene opens with Terra, Bannon, and Edgar arriving at the mayor's house with Arvis to urge the elder, I guess he's the elder, not the mayor, um, to join sides with the returners, let them talk to 
the Esper from the mines because they're going to need all the help they can get to defeat the Empire. Um, but the at this point, the Elder's not really convinced until, uh, I believe, who walks in next? Uh, one second. Well, I can't remember. Either way, uh, Sabin shows up with um, Gao and <laughs> uh, Cyan, and Cyan tells the Elder of Narsh that the Empire already poisoned his entire kingdom, and they're all dead, and so that might be a reason to maybe stand up now uh, and, and fight them. And then Celis and Locke show up, and Celis <laughs> tells them that they're already coming. They're on their way now, right? I was I was their general, and they are coming right now, and we need to defend the Esper and the town. Um, and so what takes place next is often referred to as the Battle of Narsh, where you have your entire party of, let's see, it's probably at this point, it's um, Terra. You don't, Bannon does not fight because you have to protect Bannon for some reason. So you have uh, Terra, Locke, Celis, Edgar, Savin, Gao, and uh, Cyan. That's seven. I feel like there's, there's got to be more. Is there not more? Who would I miss? Is that everyone? Yeah, I guess that's everyone. Um, so anyway, this is similar to the Moogle uh, battle that you had at the beginning of the game where you're gonna, uh, you could um, split yourself into three parties. Now, I played the Pixel Remaster. This went a lot easier than I remember it being. And you can actually, you can form three parties and have them stand still and have the monsters come to you or the, the Imperials come to you. I prefer to form like one super party of four and then hunt the Imperials myself. So <laughs> uh, that's the way I did it. Um, Edgar himself at this point with his tools is pretty overpowered in the early game. And so between him and uh, the blitzes from Sabin, it, it was really no contest. So uh, you go through, you defeat the Imperials, you defeat the Imperial commander, uh, and then you also fight Kefka. Um, and you eventually defeat Kefka and he retreats. Um, he leaves, you know, some parting words for you that basically, uh, screw you guys, I'm going home. And uh, so Kefka leaves and you're allowed now to finally go up and talk to the, to the Esper. Whenever, when everyone finally gets up uh, to the, uh, the cliffside up there in the snow, you go and you try to talk to the Esper and it starts to resonate with Terra again, sort of like the first time when she had the slave crown on at the beginning of the game. And this giant force sort of bursts out of her and it, it almost pushes some of the people off the mountain <laughs> at this point. And uh, Terra basically transforms into some sort of white creature and then speeds off into the sky, flying away with a, with a deafening scream. And uh, she, you could see her sort of fly off to the west at this point. Um, now, as the player, you get to see a cool Mode 7 um, scene where she's sort of flying over the mountains and the desert and things like that and swirling around. And you see her crash into a town somewhere in the western part of the continent. Um, and so we are left to gather ourselves and prepare to travel uh, across the uh, across the mountains uh, to the western side of the continent to go track down Terra. Here you're given a choice as to sort of what party you could you want to form. Uh, I almost always bring Sabin, Edgar, Locke, and Celis. Uh, I'm I can't remember at which point certain ones are required, but these are the ones um, that I chose. And so you can bring three because um, 
I keep blanking on Shadow's name because Shadow is waiting for you in Col Coligan. Um, so if you bring three, you can have Shadow join you. But I usually just bring four. I don't. I don't really enjoy playing with Shadow that much until later in the game when I have more stuff to throw. Um, so Edgar tells the party, uh, the group, that um, he he could get you guys across the mountains, and so we have to go to Figaro Castle. Like okay. So because of this, I always bring Edgar and Sabin because there's an awesome scene here where you learn the true history of why Sabin left. Uh, and there's a whole story about there being a double-sided coin and Edgar basically saying, you know, call it in the air and because basically their, their father dies and he tries to leave the kingdom to the both of them. But um, neither one really wants to be king. Uh, and between the two of them, Edgar's like, you know what? He, he figures that, you know, I'll, I'll probably be the one who ends up doing it because Sabin is not very king-like. Uh, and he wants to go off and train and, and things like that as, for, as a martial artist. He, he couldn't really handle it. So what he says is, you know what? Call it in the air. Heads, you could go, and tails, you could stay. Just leave it up to chance, right? And so Savin says, all right, if it's, if it's heads, I'll, I'll take my freedom and I'll leave the kingdom to you. And if it's tails, I'll, I'll stay. And, and, but what you don't realize is that and you realize this a little bit later, is that the, the coin, well, should I spoil it now? The coin's two-headed. So Edgar was really, I think he was trying to do Sabin a solid by taking the pressure off of him, but he basically said, well, you know, if you're going to leave it up to fate, you might as well leave it up to me. And so it's a, it's a two-headed coin. Um, anyway, the way that, they're, that you get across the desert is that not only could Figaro Castle burrow into the sand, but it can, all, it, it can also travel under the ground, under the Western mountains, and pop up in the desert section on the other side of the mountains. So that's neat. <laughs> your castle is now your, uh, you know, your um, your vehicle, right? They brought this back in Final Fantasy VIII. Anyway, uh, you get to the other side of the mountains, and the the reason that I always bring Locke in this part is because when you visit the town of Kolhitligan, uh you get to visit uh, a couple of places that Locke has been to before. And it turns out that Locke had a girlfriend slash fiance. Uh, I don't remember exactly whether she was his fiance or not. I think, I think, <laughs> I think it is her last day alive. They <laughs> agreed to get married, but, um, but uh, basically you have the whole story about how Locke and his fiance, Rachel, they were in love. They went adventuring together. Eventually, Rachel had to save him from a cave accident, but then she ended up getting amnesia because she fell off a, a cliff. And so then her parents blamed Locke, and then Locke was forbidden from seeing her, and she had amnesia, so she didn't know that she loved Locke anyway. And then her memory finally returned like a like later, but the day that her memory returned, uh, the Empire attacked the town and killed everyone, or at least killed some of them. And also, uh, she died. Um, and so her last words here were like, oh, I remember you. Uh, we, should, we should have gotten married. And that's a, a small condolence uh, for Locke, who is now going to be alone again. But what happened was he took, this, and this is, I mean, this is kind of, I mean, between you and me, this is kind of creepy. I don't, I don't exactly know what this is. But um, he took Rachel to a local um, taxidermist. I don't know. I don't know exactly what he is, some kind of alchemist or something. But he basically 
did the thing like in if you ever seen the cartoon Snow White where Snow White gets poisoned by the apple and then they put her under the glass and preserve her there like she's in an internal sleep. Uh, it's basically like that. He he has he he asked this like crazy guy to like, hey, keep her alive. And I'm going to search for the ancient treasure that will bring people back to life. So we're going to keep her here in this state of like undying sleep um, until I can find this healing treasure this legendary artifact um, that will let her rise and, and then we'll be together again. Okay. So you get to see that scene if, if you bring Locke with you. So that's why I always bring Locke. Cause I love that. That's actually my favorite piece of music in the entire game is um, forever. It's called forever Rachel. And that that's uh, the, the song that plays whenever Locke thinks of, of Rachel. Anyway, what was I doing? Um, so, uh, you end up, you're in Culligan, uh, and you decide you're going to head for Jidor, which is sort of like the super fancy rich people town down on the southern part of the continent. And eventually, when you get to Jidor, you hear about a shooting star that landed in the town of Zozo, which is slightly to the north of there. Uh, but you are warned that Zozo is a town of thieves and not to believe what anyone says. They're all liars and thieves. Um, the music again, great in Zozo. I love that Zozo music. You have rain pouring down. It's always raining in Zozo. Um, and it's true. You cannot trust what anyone, I think there's maybe one person in town who tells the truth, but, I, I, but mostly everyone lies. Uh, there's a couple of neat things you could do here. Uh, as far as getting around the town, your goal is to climb to the highest peak, uh, the highest, I guess, skyscraper or in, in the town, there's, there's some really tall sort of almost like apartment buildings in here. And your goal is to get to the top of them. But in order to do that, you have to do a lot of climbing stairs, jumping across windows to different room, you know, to different buildings because the buildings are, uh, are blocked or don't go high enough and the, the doorways are blocked. It's kind of like, uh, um, uh, I don't know, it's <laughs> whatever. Uh, but uh, while you're here, you can also do the clock puzzle. So the clock puzzle is there's a, a clock that's stopped uh, in a certain part of town. And there, in, if you walk around town and you talk to people, they all say, oh, it's, uh, you know, the time's, you know, it's 20 minutes past the hour. Oh, the time ends in a five. Oh, uh, it's 6 p.m. It's noon. It's one. And what you have to put together is that everyone lies. And so you have to figure out what time is the passcode for this clock. Because if you set this stopped clock to a certain time, it will open up and let you through to a treasure room. So what you have to figure out is that everyone lies. So you have to kind of cross off, okay, they said it was noon. They said it was six. They said it was, you know, 25 past the hour, things like that. And you, if you cross everything off, you get to, you know, I think it's six, is it 645? Is it 650? I can't exactly remember what the time is anymore. Um, but uh, you set the clock to that. And behind there, you get Edgar's chainsaw, which is one of the most powerful tools in the game. It does more damage than the drill, more physical damage than the drill, plus it has a small percent chance of just instantly killing any enemy that isn't immune to instant death. So extremely valuable to spend the time to get the to get the chainsaw there. Okay. Uh, at that at this point, um, you know, if you climb to the tallest tower, you get in there and you find that uh, Terra is sitting on a bed, sort of in this bell tower or wherever you are at the top of this thing. And uh, you run into a, a, a voice 
And that voice is from the Esper Ramu. Okay. And turns out that uh, when Terra transformed, she was basically summoned by Ramu so that he could try to take, he could take care of her. And so she's been lying in this bed while he's been, you know, trying to calm her mind. And she's still in this transformed state where she's like bright white and, uh, you know, crazy hair and things like that. Anyway, uh, Ramu tells the party about the, the true story of the War of the Magi and how the Imperial invasion came into their realm Basically, how Terra was was born. Um, Terra is actually part human, part Esper, uh, which is why she's now transformed because she's in her quote unquote Esper form, like this. And so uh, he then tells them that it's their job to stop the Empire from starting a second war, and that he and his friends who escaped from the Empire's Magitech facility uh, will help them. And the way that he will help them is that when an es- turns out when an esper dies, it's basically its soul, its power, or whatever, condenses into a crystal um, that's called magicite. And so if the humans here uh, equip these magicite, they can learn the powers from the espers. So Ramu tells them that the empire in this... Uh, in this facility, they're basically draining espers of their power and that Ramu and his friends were basically lucky to escape. Um, and so he says, you know, we're, we're, we're not long for this world. We've already been, you know, drained a lot by the empire. So we're going to turn into magicite and help you guys. So they do that. Um, he insists that Terra needs time to accept her powers. And so he tells some people to watch over Terra here. She's not ready to go anywhere herself and they'll have to wait for that. But he says if they go to the Imperial facility, they'll be able to find and save other espers who have been captured by the Empire and maybe get them on on our side so that we could take down the Empire and stop the, the second War of the Magi from happening. And so that it ends basically with Ramu turning himself into Magicite and re- trusting you with his powers and... The, he gives you the other two magicites from his friends who died on the trip uh, to Zozo. And so we are left with our next task, which is we need to find a way to get to the Imperial Magita- Capital, where the Magitech facility is. The issue is that the Imperial Capital is on an island, and the Imperial, I guess, Navy is not going to allow any boats to travel to the capital. And so... We're left with Celis and Locke, I believe, as the two party members who have to be in your party. And then I think you could pick two others or one other, two others to go with you um, to find a way to get to the Imperial Capital. And this is where the segment ends.
overall, it's a pretty good part of the game. I mean, the whole game's great. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I really like this part. You get the Phantom Train. Uh, you get uh, the Locke Rachel stuff if you brought Locke to Coligan. Um, you get to travel with a cat, like you get a moving castle. I mean, what's not to like? Um, and then you also get, you know, uh, Zozo and a whole bunch of puzzles and things like that. And this really feels like sort of, you know, the, the battle of Narsh feels like sort of the first big thing where you kind of get the stakes of this, of this game and how you really get the sense of this, the, the whole, this whole group, the, they call themselves the returners coming together to fight this common enemy. And so I really, I really enjoy this part of the game. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, let's do feedback and then we'll see if Bill has anything to add <laughs> to tack on to the end of this. First off, we have Gazaraki. Another great segment. Some of the highlights for me was Savin's scenario with Cyan, Kefka, the clown, poison the water, killing everyone in Doma. Well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call that a highlight. Anyway, uh, we learned that he's a coward here and kick his ass, but he runs. The Phantom Train was awesome. You get Shadow in your party, along with random ghosts that want to join and help you beat up other ghosts. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. You do get the option to take a ghost with you uh, to fight uh, while you're on the train. We protect Narsh from the siege by Kifka and kick his ass again. Only, away for, only for him to run away, as always. Right after we approach the frozen Esper and Terra turns into something crazy and flies off like Superwoman. Later, we learn about Espers and get four for our party in a really cool dungeon where we are jumping between buildings as we go up to find Terra. This game is pretty amazing. The dungeons have been very creative. The story has been very interesting. The combat is always great. I feel with each Final Fantasy, you could tell they are getting better at building every part of the game. Looking forward to the next segment. Thank you, Gazraki. Uh, Disa says, some fun iconic things in this segment, like the Phantom Train. Otherwise, though, Zozo is one of my least favorite places in the game. So not my favorite segment, but still good. Oh, no, Zozo's great. Whoa, 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 hang on. Just to confirm, Zozo sucks. Thank you. JS, our leader of this motley band, says... After a slow start first segment, this is where the action picks up. I would suspect Savin's scenario where the game gets its hooks into most first-time players. Each part delivers such a fun JRPG experience that it was unique for this era of the genre. The player gets their first real prolonged interaction with Kefka at the Imperial Camp. The Ghost Train is such a cool dungeon concept. I hope everyone suplexed <laughs> the train during the boss fight. And then you recruit Gao and train him on the Velt. Such a unique twist on the Blue Mage concept in this series. I know a lot of people will, players will overlook him, but a well-trained Gao is the most powerful teammate in the game. The Battle of Narsh leverages such a cool mechanic where you have to defend Bannon against a group of advancing enemies with three parties. I also love the banter between the characters as they walk up the hill, especially Cyan not trusting Celis. Well, I mean, why would he? I hope everyone brought both Edgar and Savin on the trip to the Western Continent. There's a unique cutscene where you stay in Figaro Castle that dives deep into their backstory. This leg of the journey is also the first time you can learn about Rachel, if Locke is with you when you reach Coligan. And then let me see if I could go into the chat and see if he had any recommendations at this point for uh, Rages. 
All right, so since Jay is our resident Final Fantasy VI scholar, I'll, I'll read what he has here. So one of the things you could do is you can get some really good rages for Gao at this point. The issue is you don't have an airship yet, and so the only way to go back to the Velt to train him is to go from the Figaro Cave to Mount Colts, <laughs> jump off into the river again, um, then walk to Baron Falls, jump off the falls, and wind up back at the at the Velt. So you basically have to do the segment all over again without, obviously, without all the Doma Castle and all that. But you basically have to walk, do that whole walk again. But if you do that, you can get some great rages like Anguiform, which has Aqua Breath, Asperian, which has Gigavolt, the Hill Gigas, which has Magnitude 8, with his like an earthquake type thing, and then the Veil Dancer has Blizzara. Um, also, he points out that in most battles, so I didn't talk about the leveling mechanic yet for the Magisite, so I might as well do that here. Uh, when you equip Magisite, uh, you gain basically Magisite points, and you also gain experience points, obviously, when you, just your normal experience points. The Magisite points go towards learning magic spells from the Magisite. The, the thing about the Velt is you don't gain any experience points for any monsters you fight on the Velt, but you do gain the ability points, the Magisite points. And so if you wanted to, say, train up your magic without over-leveling yourself and making the game stupid easy, which, it, let's face it, it's pretty stupid easy to begin with, um, you could go to the Velt and train there because you won't lose, you won't gain EXP in those fights. So um, anyway, if you're on the Velt, then you just have to do the Serpent Trench ferry to South Figaro, uh, back to Narsh, whatever you're doing to get back, and then you could proceed to the to the Western continent. So thank you, Jay, for that uh, lesson in Final Fantasy VI uh, power gaming. All right, and last but not least, we have Mike from Mike's audio-only, unedited audio-only Let's Plays, and... Uh, you forgive me if I'm a little gun shy to listen to this. Here we go. So this is my section two feedback. Luna, who fills in for Sabin in this one, has an absolute banger of a scenario featuring many of the big memorable moments. The poisoning of a Plusa is a bit of a crazy moment as Discord, Kefka, is a funny clown but also guilty of epic war crimes. Insert joke about any political leader of the past three decades. Applejack, Cyan, is an absolute beast and has basically become my main hitty person, backed up by Luna. The ghost train is still good. Everyone else will mention it, though. Scootaloo, Agaw-you, is a pain to play as in this ROM hack and doesn't seem to be as exploitable. Celestia's, Edgar's section is pointless. Walk down the road and start the Battle of Niche. So exciting. The battle itself is fine. You pick your best dudes and murder everything. Discord has a lame battle sprite, which is a bit of a letdown after how Kefka looks in vanilla. Griffinstone, Zozo, is pretty cool, but I prefer it in Chocobo GP. Shit is going to really kick off next section. I hope you are all ready to sing along to the opera. Thank you, Brony Mike. <laughs> all right. Um, I will take this opportunity to toss it over to Bill to see if Bill has anything to add. Uh to this segment of Final Fantasy VI. And I'll also say thanks for listening. I've been Frost, and Bill's going to take us out.
Yes, hello everyone, it's me. Yes, I'm here to take you out. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, I'm. We're not going out for dinner. It's too late for that. Um, yes, here to talk to you guys about Final Fantasy VI Segment 2. I didn't get through this part of the segment, so that's why Frost has kind of taken over this side of the things. But I am going to talk to you about some of my favourite points from this segment. First of all is Shadow. I don't like Shadow. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Everyone's going to hate me. Um, yeah, no, Shadow's a complete douchebag as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it just turns up, goes when he pleases. You know, sometimes he'll make it to the Phantom Train. Sometimes he won't. <laughs> I think I think that happens. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've, I've lost him before the Phantom Train stuff has occurred. And I've just been stuck with Cyan and bloody uh, Sabin. Oh, I love Sabin. Sabin's great. Um, yeah, I just remember. I loved. I oh, I love Sabin's uh, special moves, but I remember playing this back in the day and having to always input them. <laughs> I love the fact that all the modern versions have like automated the process of having to <laughs> input his special Sabin's special abilities. But yeah, um, wow, uh, Gal, uh, not Gal, sorry, the other one, <laughs> Sir Gal, <laughs> Sir Thou, uh, Cyan. Oh, Cyan, man, the bit where Kefka murders the entire town by poisoning their water supply is just gut-wrenching. That is what kind of starts to show you that Kefka is just the biggest, most evil asshole in existence. It's just like, pure, just like, you're besieging the town, that's fine, you're probably going to have a fight and a battle, everyone's aware of that, but you've poisoned the water supply and killed everyone inside the castle, including women and children. It is just horrific. And the way he goes about it with dismissing General Leo, so calculating and just awful. What an awful person. <laughs> but yes, because of that, we end up going onto the Phantom Train, um, which I love the Phantom Forest. The music in the Phantom Forest is god-tier music. Absolutely amazing. But I find the Phantom Train sequence a bit boring with the ghosts and stuff and going up and down it. You know, I like the ghost being your friend character, but I have don't know why. I've just never really enjoyed the whole thing of going up and down it. And of course, the first like four or five times I beat this game, <laughs> uh, I, I never suplexed the train. I didn't even think about it. You know, I think I was probably using a different... Uh, a different attack animation with Sabin, and it wasn't until like later on in life that it became a meme. But it was just like, oh, didn't know you could suplex the train. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> so yeah, you know, here's here's me. I, I'm I'm a virgin train suplexer. <laughs> uh, the serpent trench, kind of weird. Like I never, my, my brain, my child brain could never wrap my head around the fact that you jump into some water thing, and it takes you under the earth nowadays like i know that's a thing i actually saw one the other week with my girls um uh, a babbling brook thing where it was like water was coming out from a river that was underneath the ground and then going into another river that we were nearby <laughs> in the peak district it's just like see this is a real thing but imagine doing that as a person <laughs> and especially everyone having to share one diver's helmet crazy crazy stuff uh gal Oh, the Gal and the Velt. Again, love the music from the Velt. Uh, I hate the Velt, and I hate Gal. What a pointless... Ah, uh, yeah, it's just the whole idea of him having to leave your team. But it's not even for, like, just one battle. It's just, like, he's sometimes gone for, like, two or three battles before he comes back. And it's just, like, and you might get a random ability that might be good. I get you can do some things there and make him really, really powerful. But it's just, like, ah... Uh, 
what a, what a way to sort of smash your teeth on the game and be like, mm, yeah, I've got to go back. <laughs> I've got a grind disability for Gal. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> I know I know you really seem to enjoy it from your texts in the Discord, but yeah, I don't enjoy that sort of thing. It's just like, no, I want to get on with the next story beat. Like, if I have to stop and grind, I want to stop and grind for a reason, not just because I can make this guy cool. Yeah, it's just yeah, not for me. The coin flip. Oh, what a scene and what a bit of music. I I, I, I inserted a, a remix of that music earlier on in the episode. Uh, but yeah, wow. The whole coin flip and it turning out to be a two-sided coin was just like, to childhood Bill playing this game, just like, oh, Edgar, you, you love your brother so much that you wanted him to go out and you cheated him out of his chance to be king, but you knew it was best for him. And looking at the way everyone's turned out, he was right. Absolutely love it. And then finishing up with the uh, the Kefka fight in March. Narsh, sorry. Narsh, Narsh. <laughs> Narsh, Narsh, Lionel. Uh, yes, having the Kefka fight uh, where you have to sort of put all your teams together. So, yeah, finally we're all reunited after going on this, like, god-awful trip around <laughs> half of the world <laughs> separately. And then you're faced with the thing where you have to go beat all the magic armor guys and you have to team up your teams Again, kind of like that thing. We had the sort of precursors to that in segment one where we did it with the Moogles. Uh, but this time we have to do it with our main team. And it's easy, really, because even if you die, your team just ends up back on the save point with one HP. So you can just heal them up and go straight back into it. But yeah, you get a cool little fight with Kefka and you get to see how badass he is. And then Terra goes all crazy and flies off. Then we have to chase after her. And I always loved that as a kid. It blew my brain. Like, I knew something was special about Terra, but her turning into a big green flying monster <laughs> and going off and, like, blowing up certain areas and stuff was just like, oh, my word, what's happening here? We have to chase her down all the way to Zozo. And Zozo, I freaking hate Zozo. The only good thing in Zozo is the chainsaw because it is the best weapon in this game. But oh, I hate it. I absolutely hate it with a passion. It's like, oh, it's one of my most hated dungeons. First skin mostly comes from the first time I got there. It was just so brutal on me. Again, I, I've never had that experience again because I now know how to play RPGs. <laughs> Much better than I did back then. But yeah, getting to Zozo for the very first time, it was brutal. And it's left me with an absolute detesting hatred of that town. But the really cool thing is that you get to go to the top where you have the whole thing where you get Terra back. Ramu and you learn all about Magisite and how it comes from like the dead bodies of Espers. <laughs> Great stuff. Very morbid. And then on to the next segment. So yeah, who knows if I'll manage to find time to play this game and get into it and get into the next segment before Frost records. I very much doubt it, but we'll soon see. Anyway, I've been Bill. Uh, Frost has already gone. He's sailed off on his Twilight Princess boat. Is it Twilight Princess, the one with the boat? Or is it Spirit Tracks? I can't remember. Maybe Spirit Tracks. Uh, he's got off and got on his Zelda boat and floating off. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to lead you out. So, yes, guys, if you are enjoying the podcast, please rate and review us on any podcasting apps that you happen to have. We have a Patreon where you can come find us at patreon.com forward slash RPG years. Part of the Patreon is the RPG Club. And, of course, we are currently playing through Golden Sun. Yes, the Golden Sun Festival of Light has started. <laughs> Don't know why it's a festival of light. But yes, you all need to get and finish the treat dun uh, sorry, the tree dungeon and Mercury Lighthouse. I don't know why that's two things, but it is, uh, which is due uh, the 17th of March. We're doing three weekly segments for Golden Sun. Four segments, three weekly time for. So yes, 
join in people it's currently available on the um, nintendo online library thing if you pay for the subscription or you can get it in other means if you wish but yes golden sun is currently our rpg club come and join in with us next week on the show we will be talking legend of dragoon segment three yes we've got clubs coming out of our ears people you know this is why people join us <laughs> so that is to meet princess emil where and i want to say it's been clarified that you meet her at a banquet you don't have to meet you meet her again a little bit after that and i think she might join you or something but it's the first time you meet her at the banquet so essentially get to the banquet and stop playing <laughs> that was due february 25th uh, but we were a week behind because of holidays for me and frost so yeah that's what's going on so yeah Next week will be Meet Princess Emil. So if you want dis- if you want to give your feedback for that segment, please do so in the Discord as soon as possible. The week after that, we'll be doing, again, segment four of Legend of Dragoon, Complete the Phantom Ship, by March 10th. So that's what's coming up on our schedule. And also, me and Frost are going to be recording our final Fantasy XII review. Oh, yes. Very, very long overall due review for that. But I am super excited. I've been doing the review document all week, and I think I've got some great, great stuff in there that you're all going to enjoy. You know, um, I was worried because I've watched a lot of reviews on Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, we're just going to sound like all these other reviews. But now I've, I've really worked hard to make it interesting and find some good good unique facts which i think will surprise you so yeah look forward to a final fantasy 12 view very soon from myself and frost and again if you've got any comments you want to add to final fantasy 12 we do have a uh, thread in the discord you can come and leave comments on that's enough for me for now i'll see you all next week and so will frost we'll be together so i'll see you all later all right uh, everyone love you bye has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.